bathroom dreams are a universal experience. We all dream of needing to go but not being able to find a toilet, of having to use a stall with no door, and many other unpleasant and embarrassing scenarios. So why is this theme so common? From dreams of boyfriends peeing on floors to bathrooms with no doors, clogged toilets to dirty bathrooms, I'll show you how to make sense of the language of dreams. Hello, and welcome to The Stuff of Dreams. I'm your host, Amy Lawson, MD, practicing pediatrician. I also have a master's degree in depth psychology, specifically in Jungian and archetypal studies. My goal is to connect you with your dreams in a more fun and meaningful way so that you can interpret the messages your unconscious is sending. Welcome to my bathroom episode. I've known I needed to do an episode like this for a long time, but uh, I finally got the right combination of dreams and a guest who's willing to talk about her recurring bathroom dreams. So here we go. I have a Reddit dream and then a quick dream of mine, and then we're going to spend most of the time talking with my guest Zara about her recurring dreams, including dreams of bathrooms. Our first dream is from a female dreamer on Reddit. And as always, I only use dreams with the dreamer's permission. I had a very weird dream last night. My boyfriend was coming over to my parents' house to see my parents, and he wanted to pee, but both bathrooms were busy. So he took his pants off in front of everyone and peed right on the floor. I wasn't in the house, so I received a phone call from my sister telling me what he had done. Then, suddenly, I received yet another phone call from my sister telling me that he did it again. The entire family was baffled, and I was so upset that I woke up anxious. We have a perfect relationship, and he's a really good person, so I'm wondering, what does this dream mean? Now's the time to pause if you'd like to try interpreting for yourself. So, we have a dream of a guy peeing on the floor of his girlfriend's parents' house. What could this mean? Let's talk about the dream setting first. So, it takes place without the dreamer present, and the main characters are her boyfriend and her family. Her boyfriend is visiting her family's house, and so that tells me that this dream may be talking about the relationship between her boyfriend and her family. I don't often take that literal interpretation, but in this case, it feels right. Because what does the act of peeing mean? What does it mean to urinate, not in the bathroom, but somewhere unexpected? To me, this is an image of marking his territory, because this is what animals do, right? Many of them urinate to mark their territory as being in a certain area. When you take your dog on a walk, they want to stop and sniff all the fire hydrants so they can check out what other dogs have been there. So when in the dream her boyfriend pees on the floor of her parents' house, to me this is an image of him marking his territory, saying, she's mine now, not yours. I can come into your house and claim it as my territory because I'm more important to her than you now. I want her to prioritize me over you as her family. I think this dream is her unconscious sending her a message about her boyfriend starting to come between her and her family in some way. She says that their relationship is really good and he's a good person, so I don't think this has overtones of him being some kind of controlling boyfriend. I just think that the message is about her relationship with him as she gets closer to him, maybe taking her away from her family. He's encroaching on their turf. 
Now, of course, it's normal for us all as we grow up and get into adult relationships to individuate, to separate from our families, to move out and start to decide what we think and believe and do on our own instead of being only guided by our family's rules and expectations. So this dream isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just that some part of the dreamer, the part of her that still lives in her family's house, the part of her that's still deeply connected to her family, is feeling a bit threatened by her relationship with her boyfriend. And she just needs to acknowledge that it's a trade-off. As she gets closer to him, she may get a bit further away from her family. So that's the interpretation that I sent her. And the response I got was, oh, wow, thank you so much. This actually makes a lot of sense. My previous relationships did cause me to be distant from my family. So that was awesome. Thank you. So there you go. I thought I would ease you into this episode by talking about a less common kind of bathroom dream in which peeing can signify marking your territory. I was thinking about what else peeing could mean, and I got this memory of picking up toads from the yard when I was little, and they would always pee on my hand as a way to try to get me to drop them, I think. So I think that urine can also be used as a weapon in that way, as a get-your-hands-off-me kind of thing. And when I put on my doctor hat and think about the act of peeing, what you're really doing is eliminating water and salts so that you can keep your blood balanced, so that you can keep your blood concentration and your blood volume stable. And so in that way, some dreams of urinating could be about keeping the balance. But I'm sure you guys are thinking, yeah, yeah, quit talking about these less common meanings and let's get to the real issue here. And that is that bathroom dreams usually refer to getting rid of the waste somehow. So here's a quick dream of mine that's much more typical. I went back and searched my dream record for the word toilet and found like six or seven dreams just in the last few years. So uh, I picked one that's short and representative. I need to pee and all the stalls are really dirty with urine and toilet paper on the floors. And I'm trying to step around the puddles and find somewhere to go. I can sense that I'm not as disgusted by the setting as other people are in the dream. So here's a more typical setting. Having an urge that you need to pee or poop, having an urge that you need to eliminate something from your body, metaphorically at least, and you can't find a place to do it or you can't find a comfortable place to do it because everything is dirty or everything is too crowded or some other barrier is in place. And in these cases, the dreams are really about finding an acceptable place to eliminate something from your body that is not considered particularly socially acceptable. And when we take that on a symbolic level, it's about those parts of us that we really don't want to claim, those parts of us that we wish weren't there, the parts that we have to deal with sometimes, but we want to do it in private with the door of the stall locked and closed. Basically, it's about getting rid of our shit, right? Letting out the dirty or gross parts of us in a way that other people don't have to see. So in this dream, the bathroom is really dirty. And so that's another barrier, right? It's like, I need to go. I need to eliminate this stuff from my body. But it's really gross. Just the setting is gross and I don't want to deal with it. We really have kind of sanitized our lives in Western culture now. We really don't have to think about the daily necessities of life like people hundreds and hundreds of years ago did. I mean, 
They were tossing their chamber pots out into the street and seeing death and dead bodies all the time. There was no deodorant. I'm sure everything smelled really bad. Our culture is really much more sanitized now. And so we're able to repress and really make those things private now. But on a symbolic level, that's not always so good because we do need to be able to acknowledge that there are parts of us that are unsavory and not to be seen by the public, but we still have to deal with them. The second sentence of the dream is interesting because I can sense that I'm not as disgusted by the setting as other people are, and I think I'm going to be able to find a place to pee. And I guess if I had to take something positive from this dream, it would be that, because the other people in the dream were like really, really grossed out. And I was like, eh, it's pee, this will be unpleasant, but I can clean myself up, it'll be okay. And so maybe I had this dream at a time when I was doing a little bit better at dealing with my crap at eliminating things from my body. I know this is a pee dream, not poop dream, but you know what I mean. And it wasn't quite as unsavory as it had been in the past. I also had a dream where I was in a relative's house and the toilet was clogged with diapers that somebody had tried to flush down the toilet. And to me, that's probably an image about me having stuff from my childhood that I don't want to deal with that I think is metaphorically gross or unsavory or smelly or needs to be flushed away and not dealt with. But in the act of trying to flush that away, it actually clogs up the toilet and makes it even harder. So you get the idea. And I don't want to belabor this too much because we're going to talk about it a lot more in the interview that comes next. So this week on the podcast, my guest is Zara. We met over Reddit, actually, when I happened to interpret one of her dreams. And then we struck up a chat and I found out she had more dreams to share. And so she's finally here to tell us about some of her recurring dreams. So hi, Zara. Welcome to the show. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I am very excited to share my recurring dream themes with uh, your audience today. So uh, yeah, let's get to it. Yeah, it'll be fun. Okay. So I asked Zara to be on this week because she has a lot of different kinds of recurring dreams, but one of them is some bathroom dreams. So I think we're going to talk about that first and then we'll see what other recurring themes come up. So tell us about these bathroom dreams. What What's the recurring theme? The bathroom dreams started when I was very young. Um, and I think the, the backstory to that is when I was young, I lived in Iran. And their public washrooms were, I remember, very big and had multiple stalls. And they have those um, squat washrooms, mm -hmm. like the squat toilets. And I used to be terrified of them. I don't know why. I guess that fear somehow got manifested in my dreams. And so I'd constantly have dreams about washrooms. Mm. I'd basically walk into these big washrooms and I'd open stall after stall and it was just, it's all dirty or it's malfunctioning. And that seems to be the recurrent theme is that these washrooms are not working properly for me. Mm -hmm. Eventually it became the flush toilets that I would dream about. Mm -hmm. um, usually I'll, I'll find it, it's overflowing and I have to escape they're dirty or they're, they're clogged and they have these like random unassociated items inside the toilets. Like it, it could be any everyday object, not mm. something that you'd necessarily find in the washroom. And a lot of times these toilets are not even hooked up to a plumbing system. They're, they're detached from the wall. 
and it's like malfunctioning. And I, I have this like inner frustration where I'm thinking, okay, why is this not working? And why did no one in the house try to get this repaired? Because now I have to use it, but there's no way for me to use it. Mm. The other theme that I found is very common is that I'm in these houses. A lot of times these buildings are not buildings that I'm familiar with. They're family members' houses that have changed. They, they don't look exactly like they do in real life. But I, I come to see that there are so many bedrooms and there's toilets everywhere and they're not supposed to be there. Like all these random washrooms popping up. So I thought that was very unusual. Also, the way that the toilets sometimes are, it's very weird, but they're like, they're angled in weird fashion. So they're not like straight. Like I'll go into a stall and it'd be like sideways. Oh. And so it gives me concern for space. <laughs> and or sometimes I can't even close the door. Sometimes there are no doors. And that becomes an issue where I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm thinking, my God, anybody could walk in and see me. Mm-hmm. And there actually have been times where I'm in the washroom and people are just there and I realize, okay, well, I can't do anything about this because none of the stalls have privacy or doors. So I just go with it. But it usually ends up with me feeling a lot of anxiety, Mm -hmm. a lot of fear. And I've actually been told that having dreams about toilets is actually a reflection of your emotions. And, you know, like when you're when you're seeing the toilet overflowing, that's sometimes in relation to your emotions overflowing and not being able to to control that. Other than that, tight spaces. Uh, sometimes these stalls are so tight. Uh, I, I'm a tall person, so I like to have my space in these situations. I find that, you know, I'm feeling a bit claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. I think the one that resonates the most with me, though, is in high school, middle school and university. Mm-hmm. This is not something that actually happened. Like, I I don't know this to be true in real life, but in my dreams, I know the exact washroom to go to Mm -hmm. on exactly what floor, because I have this presumption that they are actually cleaner washrooms. And I don't know how I know this, but in my dreams, I do. And so I usually go into a random washroom. I see that either there are too many people lined up or it's too dirty. And immediately in my head, I'm thinking, okay, you got to go downstairs, three floors below, and there's a washroom there that you can use. Mm. And if it's on university campus, I know exactly what building, because our university campus was pretty huge. And on the campus, I'll be like, okay, you have to go to this building and they have a washroom on this floor. And that one usually is very empty. And that seems to be a thing is it's empty. And that's why I go there. Mm. So there's a lot of angles we could attack this from. But I like that last piece where you were talking about knowing exactly where the the safe washrooms are or mm-hmm. the, the ones that aren't in use. Because I really like that image. It's like you're finding washrooms that are not comfortable for you in some way. But then you still have that knowledge of if I go here, it's going to be all right. That seems very reassuring in a way, right? That even if you're right. thwarted in something that you know where to go. What, what do you think about that? I mean, there's definitely a sense of peace for me in those dreams. But I have to tell you, Amy, I've never actually made it to any of these washrooms. Ah, you just know where to go. Okay, It's like I know where to go. And somehow or somewhere on my mission to find the washroom, I never actually make it. Mm. So I, I don't know what that means. To me, that means potential, though, because... 
that's actually the first time I read a lot of bathroom dreams, right? And I have them myself too. And that's the first time I've yeah. heard somebody say, but I do know where I could go. Usually it's like the panic mm-hmm. of I'm looking, I'm looking, I have to go. I'm good. It's going to be an emergency and I can't find anything. So even having that piece of knowledge of, but I know that this one could be safe if I could get there seems like potential and a little bit more positive than some of the things I hear where it's just like chaos and you don't know where to go. It's almost like you have a little map in your head. You haven't gotten to the end of the journey, but but you at least know the route. Right. It's like a, a safety spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting, though, that I don't make it. I wonder why. My opinion is that usually our unconscious doesn't really talk to us about things that it thinks we have in the bag already, right? It, it doesn't always mm-hmm. talk to us about things that are settled and that we're doing fine at and there's no place for movement. It likes to talk to us, I think, more about things we need to know, things we need to work on, places we need to be more balanced. So, Okay, yeah, I could see that, yeah. A lot of times the dream ends before you get there. I actually have talked to several people with about recurring dreams and they're like, but I'm always on the airplane and then I, I never actually get there. Does that mean I'm never going to get there in life? And I'm like, well, no, but you know what, what your destination's going to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's pretty common. No, I think you're right. It definitely tends to focus on the chaos and not really about the success mm-hmm. or the end goal. Yeah. So there is definitely a theme of lack of privacy in these two, right? Like either there were too many people there or you said like the doors weren't there. Is that something that you feel a lot in in real life that like people are invading your space or that you have things you want to hide that are out, out there for people to see? I think so. I think I pride myself on, you know, being conservative um, And I actually kind of wish I was a bit more discreet. I think I'm what people would say, you know, an extroverted introvert, because as much as I would like to keep things to myself, at times I say everything like I wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm. And usually that that's followed by, you know, like bouts of guilt. You know, why did I share that much information? But this seems to be, you know, very repetitive and it's kind of a cycle I can't get out of. So In a sense, I do have some privacy, but then sometimes I expose too much that sometimes I wish I hadn't. And I think that that's where the privacy plays in, is that sometimes I feel like I don't have the privacy that I wish I had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's through nobody's fault. It's probably just my own fault. Well, I don't know. Is it a fault? I I don't know. I've been talking to people about this lately that when people are like super honest, I'll forgive them almost anything, even if it's like super messy mm-hmm. or upsetting or whatever. What I can't handle is people that are fake or like holding stuff back. And I know that they are. So sometimes yeah. I like people that other people don't. They're like, she is too much. And I'm like, no, because you always know where you stand with her, even if she's a little crazy. Like, I love it. I that's always true. like feel so safe. So I don't know. That's yeah. my opinion. <laughs> I think. I think a lot of this skill comes from when you put yourself out there, you kind of become vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think I I have a problem with that is feeling vulnerable in front of certain people because it may hinder my rights or my trust with them or even judgment. You know, sometimes I fear how they would judge me. Mm -hmm. Well, that really dovetails with the overall theme of of bathroom dreams, I think, which I, I didn't go to right away. But I mean... Bathroom dreams, washroom dreams, toilet dreams are about the crap, right? Exactly. (laughs) 
It's about the waste. It's about the elimination. It's about getting stuff out of your body that you don't need or that we don't value. And Mm -hmm. so that vulnerability piece is even compounded by that, right? Because it's like, I don't mind if people see some of my good stuff, but like, I really don't want them to see any of the bad stuff. I think a lot of times bathroom dreams are about shadow stuff in Jungian terms, right? Because the shadow Mm -hmm. is the parts of us that are there, but that we really, really want to deny because they're not socially acceptable somehow because our families said so or our culture says so or the people around us say so. So yeah, I wanted to put that out there and see what you have to say about that. Yeah, that's very interesting. You know, I never actually tried to relate Jung's theories to my washroom dreams, but since you've mentioned the shadow, yeah, I could definitely see how the shadow would be playing into these these washroom dreams because like you said, it's, you know, about getting rid of that waste and being judged not wanting people to see certain things about you. And I think essentially most of these dreams is exactly that, where I'm constantly worried about things malfunctioning, like the toilet itself malfunctioning or being kept in like pristine condition, mm-hmm. perhaps because, you know, it's something that I want to project on myself where I, I want people to see only the good in me and clean thoughts and the positive stuff and nothing really negative, Right. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. I, I think I should look into the shadow a bit more. I, I got that flavor, too, through the dream, because you mentioned a couple times you said you'd be in other people's houses, but the toilets were in disrepair. And like, why weren't people keeping it clean? A couple mm-hmm. of times it was kind of that expectation of like, this is a societal norm. I'm not supposed to have to deal with all of this stuff. Why aren't other people keeping their areas clean? And I thought that's an interesting wrinkle, too, because it may not be just about your stuff, but it's about other people's stuff, too. That is very interesting. This is actually the first time I think I'm approaching my dreams in this perspective. I've never really thought about me having this issue with other people and keeping up with their cleanliness. But now that I'm thinking about it, you know, the dreams that I have in which I open stall after stall and each one gets more and more dirtier. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not me that made these washrooms dirty, but the fact that it creates this increasing anxiety inside me Mm -hmm. probably explains my relationship with certain people and having this fear that perhaps they're not as perfect as I thought they would be. So there's like this frustration that I have with with people, but it appears that all my emotions get translated into washrooms and, you know, (laughs) (laughs) their washrooms and their functions. So I I guess now I have to see it like that. You know, I have a problem with the person. It's going to translate into a dirty toilet. I have a problem with myself. (laughs) It's me having probably clogged up a toilet or it's overflowing and and I'm panicking. I'm trying to figure out how do I stop this? I don't want anybody to see. Everything's going to come out. I'm going to be embarrassed and humiliated and judged. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's one of those things where you can take it both ways as the other people in the dream representing people in your real life. But it also works mm-hmm. if the other people in the dream are parts of yourself that you're like, look, you need to clean up after yourself. Me as ego me self can't do everything for all the parts of me. So I think this is yeah. one of those multiple layer kind of interpretations. Yeah. And funny enough, this actually ties in with those recurring high school dreams where I had this problem with taking on too much responsibility and Mm. spreading myself too thin and taking people's obligations and responsibilities upon myself. And um, with the washroom dreams, it's the same way because I'm, I'm walking into these 
these washrooms and I'm seeing that the toilet is not connected or it has been working for some time. And suddenly I feel like it's my responsibility to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, hook it up or get it running again, get it unclogged. So in a sense, there is also that same thought that uh, lines up in my my toilet dreams. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that sometimes the toilets were like angled strangely or there wasn't a lot of room or, you know, you'd open the door and the toilet was like sideways. And that just seems like another layer of I thought I could at least count on these rules. This is how a bathroom is supposed to be. And even those rules are like not being followed right now. It seems Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like shifting ground under your feet a little bit or something. You know, it's interesting that you put it that way. It's like you said, it's almost like there's expectations on how I imagine it to be, you know, it's it's supposed to be, you know, structured. It faces forward and the door opens and closes. It's got to have a lock on there. And my dreams are showing that these washroom stalls are, you know, misconstrued, different angles, not enough space. And so I'm, I'm frustrated with the way that it's been put in and, and not following certain order. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps that's a reflection of myself and my actions and It's being represented through this toilet fashion or with people who I guess I feel are responsible for putting these toilets in or if we're going to, you know, translate toilets and my dreams, obviously people's behaviors. Mm -hmm. I'm not finding that it's lining up or they're working in a way that I know they should be. Right. Yeah. So, again, I'm I'm just left feeling frustrated. Well, and you mentioned that you're kind of a tall person and sometimes there's like not enough room for yourself. And that Mm -hmm. feels very imagistic and symbolic too, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. people need to leave you room for you to do your stuff that you need to do in private. So yeah, I like that. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that. But yes, that feeling of claustrophobia that I have when Mm -hmm. it's too small and not being able to fit in. Yeah, it could be that. I feel like I don't have enough space for myself. It's all kind of tying in together now. It seems to be making more sense to me, actually. Good. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. It'll be interesting to see how these change too or if it gets new wrinkles or even if they stop for a while because you've kind of spent some time thinking about them. That can Mm -hmm. happen sometimes too. The only part that I feel like we didn't get to was the unexpected objects. Are these mm-hmm. objects clogging the toilets or are they just around and you don't expect them to be there? They're essentially inside the toilet bowl. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because the toilet bowl does not have any water. It's just like dry. Um, sometimes they're not hooked up to the plumbing system. And when I say very unrelated items, like sometimes it could be like a stuffed animal, like just sitting in mm-hmm. the toilet basin anything papers shoes and I will just walk up to it because I need to use the washroom and realize that you know this this toilet is clogged with these items and in my head I'm thinking my god who's putting these in here why are these even in here Mm -hmm. and how am I supposed to use the washroom now if it's being clogged up with these items so I'm interested to see what you make of that It feels like things being where they don't belong. So they're clogging the works somehow and Mm -hmm. clogging the the elimination system or whatever. I bet that whenever you have each specific dream, that the item has a symbolic meaning for the particular dream that it is, you know, based on where it is in your life. I bet. I mean, a stuffed animal could mean something from childhood was coming up or something about someone who had gifted you a stuffed animal or, you know, I bet that each item has a little bit of meaning that tells you where in your life the dream refers to. I really wish I paid more attention to that. 
I think next time that I do have this kind of dream, I'll be a bit more conscious of what the item is in there and, and try to make sense of that and how that relates to my conscious everyday life. But yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely a great interpretation of that. And the other thing that I was just thinking about when you said that, you know, sometimes the toilets aren't even hooked up. Sometimes the plumbing isn't even there. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems important because water often represents the unconscious in some way. So sometimes these toilets and washrooms aren't connected to your main psyche, maybe, or it's a time when you're feeling cut off from your unconscious or where you're not getting help, you know, flushing things from from conscious down into unconscious when you need to repress some shadow stuff or I don't know I I was just thinking about that feeling of them being disconnected and and not part of the main water system of your psyche somehow yeah actually I did not even know that that's what the water represented so that's very interesting I mean nothing's 100% but a lot of times I think about water that way yeah no I think it definitely ties in with everything that we've actually interpreted with these washroom situations okay. are there other things that you want to say about these dreams i just hope your uh, listeners don't think i have some serious you know problems with people <laughs> and myself <laughs> having these dreams two three times a month you know no i think that there are many people that have a lot of bathroom kind of dreams and that's why i was super mm-hmm. excited that you were willing to talk about it because some people are like oh we shouldn't talk about this it's just that i remember them. this is going to be super universal and people are going to be like oh Oh, yes, me too. This is what I always find about dreams. You know, I'll mention that I have a dream interpretation podcast to someone who I'm like, they are not going to be okay with this, right? They're going to think I'm so weird. And then immediately they're like, oh, yeah, let me tell you about 17 dreams that I just had. And I really want to talk about this. I feel like there's so much more interest in these things once you kind of crack the door open, you know? So I think that's what we're doing is cracking the door open. I think a lot of people are afraid of their dreams being judged. I'm one of those. For one I dream a lot and a lot of my dreams are very unusual. They contain content that if you were to say it out loud, people would be like, all right, you need psychiatric (laughs) help. But, you know, I grew up reading Freud and and Jung and and I knew that like people had these dreams. So I, I think because of that, I'm not afraid to like share the dreams that I have. Yeah. And that's going to help everybody, I think. I'm always surprised how much I learn from other people's dreams, too. And I'm like, ooh, I could have had that dream. And that's a message that I need right now. So I think that it's all important. Yes. So obviously you've been paying attention to your dreams for a really long time. What are your early things that you remember about your dreams? Were you always a kid who dreamed? I, yes, ever since I was young, because I didn't know, you know, what dreaming was or how to explain that I had this dream. I would tell them last night I saw in my eyes (laughs) and I guess it didn't take them long to figure out, you know, what it was I was trying to say. They assumed that I was trying to describe to them my dream. Mm -hmm. And so I can tell you from a very young age, I always remembered my dreams almost on a daily basis. I wake up and I remember exactly what I dreamt. Mm-hmm. I love that. I saw it in my eyes. <laughs> I saw it in my eyes. All right. Well, I know you have some other recurring dream themes, mm-hmm. too. So let's talk about a few more since we're having a good time here. Which ones would you like to talk about first? My pull up dreams. <laughs> OK, yeah. My uh, alter ego likes to do all these pull ups in my dreams because I can't do a single pull up in real life. Mm-hmm. And 
in these dreams, sometimes they're in the gym and sometimes they're outside. I find like a random bar. Sometimes these bars aren't even properly hooked or secured. Mm-hmm. And I find myself jumping up to the bar and doing repetitive pull-ups. And I do them with ease. And I, I feel this like sense of pride and accomplishment that I'm getting them done. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. It happens, you know, I would say maybe once every couple months I have these dreams about the pull-ups. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important that you mentioned the emotional component of that that it gives you this sense of pride and accomplishment Mm -hmm. because this is the impression that I'm getting of those. I think that sometimes our unconscious sends us dreams because they're compensating for something. I think that often our messages from the unconscious are meant to balance us somehow when we're feeling a bit too one-sided in some certain direction. And so to me, the first thing that flashes when I hear about, you know, being able to do these things in your dreams that you can't do in real life and feeling very accomplished by it. I wonder if you're getting these dreams at times when you're not feeling particularly successful or strong or capable in your conscious waking life. And so your unconscious is sending you this message to give you that emotion of look how much you can do. Look how strong you are. Look how easy this is for you. That's how it's striking me. What do you think? I feel like you could be right in a sense that it comes to reinforce me in some way and give me that like illusion of like power and accomplishment. You can do this. And I'm pretty sure when I wake up, I feel great. You know, I feel pretty strong. Never attempted a pull up after having these dreams. That's for sure. But I do feel good about it. You know, it's definitely reassuring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a clear and stark image of like, you know, using your arms, right. your arm muscles, your, our arms are the way that we manipulate things in life. I don't mean manipulate in a bad way, you know, the way that we make things happen. And I also like the direction of the up, pulling your whole body up, which usually seems like a positive direction, right? You're rising above or you're elevating yourself somehow, but, you know, not so far that it's like an inflation or something. But yeah, I, I think that's such a nice, simple image. Inflation can play apart because you know and this could be my ego speaking but in some of these pull-up dreams there are people around me Mm. and it's almost like I want them to see me you know do Mm. these pull-ups and accomplish Mm. them with you know great strength and uh, stamina so I think a part of it yeah it you could say inflated it could just be that I, I want people that are close to me in my everyday life to see that I'm capable of you know accomplishing certain things yeah And that doesn't have to be an inflated message. That's just admitting that you're a capable person. So I know often I feel like in this culture, especially women are just like, oh, no, we we have to not have any ego and not be proud of ourselves or whatever. So sometimes that energy is good. But of course, it can go too far. That's right. Yeah. What about, I think you were telling me about dreams of finding new rooms. And I love those kind of dreams. Mm -hmm. Can you can you remember any of those to tell us about? Yes. Finding new rooms in these big houses. Now, I've never lived, you know, in a big house or mansion, but in these dreams, suddenly our family has inherited a big house or Mm -hmm. we move into these big houses. And at some point of living there, I will walk into like a particular part of the house and I'll realize that my God, there are more rooms out here and and none of us have known about them and nobody's sleeping here. Why are we not sleeping here? You know, like some of us are sharing a bedroom. Mm. We haven't been occupying these rooms. Now I have four siblings. So growing up, we did have to share bedrooms at times. And um, in my dreams, you know, sometimes we're still sharing those bedrooms despite having all this extra space. Mm -hmm. 
So some of them, they translate into that kind of message. And other times we just have so many rooms and um, there's not enough of us to occupy them. Mm. So I'm thinking in my dreams, like, okay, what can I make of this room? Is it an office space? Is it going to be my second reading space? So I'm trying to figure out how to fill this room, essentially. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to think I'm weird, but I had a dream about that just last night. Oh, yeah. We are living in a house. And I strongly recall being in the kitchen and uh, my siblings were all there. My mom is all there. Now, we don't all live together. You know, some of us have gotten married and and we moved out. But suddenly we're all living together again. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking around this apartment and we had just moved in there. And I'm thinking, my God, there are a lot of extra rooms here. So I'm having a conversation with my mother and she says, well, have you seen that one room that we are going to be putting your brother's clothes in? Mm. And I'm thinking, just his clothes? Why? So she takes me to the room and this room is like on an angle, like a very, very steep angle. It's almost like 45 degrees. And there's actually a bed that's in this room. And even the bed is tilted at that angle. Mm -hmm. And she's she's telling me, well, it didn't make sense for him to actually be living in this room because of the way that the floor is tilted. So we decided to just put his clothes in there and he'll stay in a different room. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm reviewing in my mind whether or not I thought that renting out the space was a good idea because now one of the rooms has gone to waste because of its structure. Mm. And then I go into this huge balcony that we have and it was me, my sister and one of my brothers, I'm not sure which. And my sister is leaning up against the railing. And I I look at her and I say, how stable is that railing? And she's just like, well, I don't know. Let me test it. So she gives it just a little push and the railing tilts Mm. and it's almost at like 45 degrees and it's it's not even safe. So I look at her and I say, "Okay, you have to back away. No one's allowed to come out here, especially not your son, because he's you know three years old. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to go downstairs right now and I'm going to speak with the management. Because this apartment is in disarray and they have to fix it up for us. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Usually in these, I see the house as the representation of your whole psyche, right? And then yeah. finding new rooms in, in the house, then it's finding new areas of your psyche. Mm-hmm. I liked how you were talking about how, you know, sometimes you would have to to share rooms, but then you found all this extra space and then maybe you didn't even have enough people to fill all the space. And that just feels like... A message of potential and like look how many parts of yourself you haven't explored yet in general i think that's the i like that yeah absolutely um mm-hmm. i've only had like, i think one dream where i found new rooms and i just woke up feeling so good i was like yes i still have potential but the one from last night has really interesting details then so you find a room but it's not quite usable there's these angles again right like going against the norms of how mm-hmm. things are built just like we heard in your washroom dreams oh i like that you're picking up on the patterns now mm-hmm. okay so it's like a room with a tilted floor and so it's not okay for the brother to live in just his clothes so i'm trying to figure out what the brother would represent i mean maybe some kind of more masculine part of you or what what are your associations with your brother what do you think about for him Yeah, he's a good representation of masculinity. That's for sure. I I think he's done well for himself, you know, so I have a lot of respect for him. 
I think that's the kind of image I have of him is that I, I truly respect him for what he's accomplished in his life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because clothing often represents our outer appearance or our persona or something that we can put on and off as we mm-hmm. need to. And so this message of the room housing this brother's clothing seemed like it's a place where you can store that bit of, of masculinity that you may need to inhabit sometimes if this room is part of your psyche instead of your brother's. Mm-hmm. How does that hit you? It's okay if it doesn't resonate. Yeah. No, I like the interpretation of the the clothing. I'm just trying to figure out how I find that that works into my life right now. I'm a tomboy, as you could see. So I feel like I have a good projection of both my masculinity and femininity traits. Mm -hmm. I always have. So perhaps that's where that's coming from, is that it's saying, okay, well, We know that you have this, but we're also just going to kind of store it here for when you do need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And there's enough room that the the room can be just for clothes. It doesn't even have to be for a person, too. Again, that just feels like potential to me. Interesting potential. (laughs) And that you can make something out of this space, even though the floor isn't flat, even though the room isn't smooth, even Mm -hmm. though it's not quite what you would expect, that there's still. You know what I remember? What? Sorry. No, it's good. And I don't know what you're going to think of this, but I remember the color yellow in this room. I don't know why, but the color yellow stands out. Okay. The first thing I think about with that is yellow, sun, sunlight, and that's very masculine as well, right? We think of the sun as more masculine because it's constant. It's the same every day as opposed to the moon that goes through cycles and phases and is thought to be more more feminine. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, yellow can have a lot of meanings, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Okay. And I I like that how that just kind of ties in together. So the other part of that dream that you were talking about was going out on the balcony and your sister was leaning on the rail, which you found out was unstable and unsafe. Mm -hmm. And that feels like an image of a boundary that you would expect to be able to keep you in and keep you safe. But it, again, wasn't quite something that you could count on. You had to check and see if it was trustworthy or not somehow. Right. Yeah, I think it definitely plays to security, protection. I have more anxiety and fear, not for myself, but for my family members. Mm. Right. And that was one of the things I said to her right away. I said, "Okay, nobody can come out here. You guys all need to go inside. Immediately, I thought about them. Yeah. And you were the one who was like, I'm going to go speak to management and get this fixed. Yep. Is that (laughs) often a a theme of you? Like you're the one that's going to take care of this and be sure the rules are enforced and the things are right? Always. Yeah, always. I'm always the person in the family to spearhead or negotiate or take lead on certain responsibilities or important and serious matters. So it comes to me as no surprise Mm -hmm. that that was the first thing I said to her is I got to go speak to management. Yeah. Well, and that ties in with my thoughts about the balcony, too, because I was thinking, you know, why a balcony? Why not just like a porch railing or something? To me, a balcony is something it's up higher. It's often a place where we can get like a broader view where you can see more of the landscape or, you know, have a a different or broader perspective. And so I wonder if these dreams sometimes come when it's a little bit threatening to be taking that broader view of life somehow and and it doesn't feel quite safe or it doesn't feel quite contained and you'd rather go in and just experience a smaller area of the house at a time. That is very interesting. Yeah, I, I've never thought of it from that perspective. I'm trying to think on the spot here whether or not that fits into any situation that I'm dealing with in my waking life. I don't know. I have too many thoughts 
in my head right now. So it's hard to like pinpoint it. And it's more about not every detail clicks every time. And what I try to do is just give people ideas of things it could be. And then you follow the energy. And sometimes, you know, no, that doesn't really resonate. But that's why I put these things out there. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that didn't hit with my listener. Should I delete that part and not say that I said a wrong interpretation? But like, no, because <laughs> it could fit for somebody else. And we got to show how nothing's 100 percent. That's right. It's OK. So, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm a big believer in that. It might not resonate with me, but with someone else, it could definitely give them that perspective. Yeah. Well, this has been a really fun conversation. I'm glad we got to three different recurring dream themes. I hope it's going to be helpful for other people, too. Recurring dreams are always so important because it's your psyche giving you this message over and over. So I really appreciate you sharing all of those with us. And thanks again for coming on. It's been a pleasure being on here. Thank you again for taking the time to help me interpret these themes and the symbols. It's definitely left me with a lot of material to think on. So thank you. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to send us any feedback later, I'll, I'll read it on the next podcast and people can see how our dreams keep working on us over time. So no pressure, but if it happens, that'll be fun. <laughs> thank you, Amy. All right. Thank you. Bye. So there's the show. As always, you can email me directly with dreams or comments at stuffofdreamspodcast at gmail.com. And please do. I'd love to hear from you about your dreams, about how they're working for you and with you, about how they're changing things for you. Head on over to my website at stuffofdreams.fireside.fm to find show notes for each episode. You can also find links there to some books, to our subreddit, and to my email. Thank you so much for listening, and if you liked it, I encourage you to tell a friend about it this week. Let's get more people fluent in the language of dreams. Bye for now, and I hope you dream tonight. <laughs>